his social life. It's the Darren Show. The Darren Show. Don't ask if he's single. You already know. Cause it's the Darren Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Darren Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Darren Show. I have a great, great guest with me here this week. Uh, very excited to talk to this guy, a winner of Survivor. He won uh, the most most recent season, right? Or is, was there another one? I don't even remember. Uh, there's too many Survivor seasons. <laughs> You're the most recent winner, right? Yeah, most recent. Yeah, as of this point, yes. Yes. Yeah, 35. Uh, so. Ben Drebergen, who won uh, Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. How do you feel about that name, Ben? That's a lot. That's a, that's a mouthful, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, there's there's probably something to be said regarding last night's episode, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, heroes H H H. I think is what it's called called yes, now. Yes, yes, Triple H is. Uh, yeah, when Tri- you, I, I I assume you do this all the time. You introduce yourself as uh, Survivor winner Ben, <laughs> but uh, do you, what, what do you call the season? Uh, yeah, season thirty five, Survivor season thirty five, and there probably Triple H. Yeah, Triple H. It's. It, if you're talking to someone who doesn't know, you kind of got to go the hero, healer, uh, hustler route, which mm-hmm. they look at you like, what did you just what did you just say to me? So it's pretty funny. Pretty yeah. funny. Um, so uh, so, Ben, you uh, you've won you've won Survivor now. Were you were you always a fan of Survivor? Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, you know, growing up um, outdoors and stuff. And then in, in 2000, I graduated in 2001. Um, started watching a little, took some time off and, 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 uh, now Kelly and I are, it's a, it's a homestead in our house on, on Wednesday. So big, big fans of it and been watching it for a good seven years now. Very cool. Uh, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Boise, Idaho when it was a small little town. Uh, you know, the streetlight rule, uh, you used to ride our little motorcycles across the highway and not not uh, think twice about it. You know, I think we were ten, eight years old, so it was fun growing up here. It's it's growing now, but it's still a really good place to to raise children. So, what's what's the streetlight rule? The street uh, when the streetlight comes on, you got to get home. That's okay. we no there's no cell phones or pagers or anything like that. Like once once the streetlights came on, that's when your butt better be in, in the house. So that's that's how we was. You know, it was par- parented back then. <laughs> so that, that was like a family rule, but it wasn't like a town rule? No, it was, yeah, it was a family rule. I think it was everyone's family, though. So yeah. it was kind of like a town rule. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do it with my kids now, though. Like, <laughs> too much crazy out there. Yeah. Did, did you ever, uh, like, sneak out past uh, past the streetlight time? Oh, yeah. Every kid did, yeah. right? Uh, go out and do do bonfires and, and, and uh you know, get in trouble as, as teenagers. And, and yeah, it was a lot of fun in the mountains up here in, in Idaho. There's a lot to do and, and bonfires, buddies and, and beers is a staple of growing up as a teenager here. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Like the heroes. Hit yeah, there you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> You're a master of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, Mr. Armstrong, <laughs> uh, did, did you have a, a big family growing up? Uh, yeah, just just me and my brother. Uh, I got a younger brother. He's two years, two years younger than me. And, and then, uh, you know, mom uh, was, you know, raised in a single house there. My parents got divorced at a young age. And, and so we had, uh, you know, the two Christmases and, and the two houses. And, and so it was it was it was fun growing up. We didn't know otherwise, you know, so it was a lot of fun. But Johnny, my brother, he's he's flying A-10s now for the Air Force. And, and, oh and uh, yeah, he's 
he's pr- I'm proud of that little guy. He's he's worked his butt off to get where he's at. So. Yeah, I uh, I I experienced the. Uh, I actually probably had like. Uh, probably more than two Christmases because I had like uh, at at one point I had my mom my dad and then like my sister's dad who was you know at one point my kind of my dad but then not and it was uh, yeah you get to a lot of different Christmases at some point you do yeah yeah especially as you get older you you definitely uh (laughs) start stacking the christmases on and you like you justify it to yourself as a kid you're like well i get more presents but i feel like that's not how it works (laughs) no 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 yeah that's how you make it a happy spot in your head right it's like yeah two two christmas trees and 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 two dinners and, and stuff like that so growing up with it like i never knew it was anything different though you know so it was it was fun growing up. You know, we lived in a trailer uh, out in the middle of nowhere and uh, shot whistle pigs with BB guns. You know, uh, growing up and whistle pigs and rode, yeah, whistle. They're like little ground squirrels. They go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, get lost in the foothills for a day or two. It's it's fun growing up out here. Yeah. So so you grew up in a in a trailer. Uh, yeah, one of a yeah. I was born in a trailer, and then when my parents got divorced, my dad lived in a trailer, and then my mom had a house. But yeah, the trailer trailer life is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I actually uh, I lived in a trailer when I was very young. I don't remember it though. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, it's a small town trailer living. <laughs> I've been talking. I've, I've been yes, yeah, and I've been trying to talk to uh, Sweet Kelly and, and dividing like a double wide and getting like forty acres, but she's she's still not. She's dragging her feet on it. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Did, did you did you enjoy? Did, was it like it was a fun thing when you were a kid oh yeah childhood was real fun um it was it was a kick in the butt like you know it's not we my parents were always busy and me and my brother uh you know helped raise each other and got into trouble together and learned about you know being being men together and, and kind of raising ourselves because they were so working so hard to put food on the table you know what i mean and so it was mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun it sounds like a classic, like coming of age tale. Maybe, maybe like a Stephen King kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, hopefully, no killer clowns. Or, or uh, the the Griswolds, right? Uh, trailers, uh, double Christmases, and yeah, there you go. And bonfires. <laughs> no, but it was it was good. It was good growing up, and and you know, um, at thirteen years old, I guess my that's when my dad finally came out. Um, to my brother and, 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 uh, my mom and I, and, and, and at that, like back then that was a big deal. And so, um, he ended up moving out of Idaho because of it, like got kicked out of the church and everything. And, and, and so, um, but now he's back here and, and, and it's fun having him and, and Byron, his partner here too. So it's a kick in the butt. Wow. What was that like, uh, to, um, to not only find that out, but like, uh, being in, in that kind of community. Yeah. Well, um, as a kid, I was, you know, I think I just turned 13 or I was 12 somewhere in there and grown up in, in, in Idaho, uh, in Boise, Idaho, in a small town. Um, you know, I remember like even dad and everyone, like how, how that was wrong back then, you know, like it was, it was frowned upon. And I remember like having conversations 
with my dad about about um, you know people being gay and, and how the Lord looked down on him and, and you know and it, and then so when it happened um, when he told us it was quite the shock it was quite the blow um, and to see someone like that you looked up to so much you know and did the camping and the shooting motorcycle ride with um, like say he was something that he you know despised and everyone despised at that at that time was kind of a shock and so we did not talk for for a little while um and then we actually after i got back from um iraq i reached out to him because it was like you know what like he's still my dad you know no matter what happens and and if he's happy, he's happy, but life is way too precious and short to, to have something like that like, come between us, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, now we're, we're best friends and, and we see each other every week and, and still do all the camping and fun stuff. And, and, you know, Mr. B gets to come with us and, and it's, it's a lot of fun, but, um, coming back and, and seeing what, how precious life can be and how easily it's taken like you start to realize that relationships mean what they mean to you. You know what I mean? And, and so that's why it was a good to, to be able to reconnect with him and, and just throw all the bull crap aside, you know? Yeah. The, I, I can imagine like, uh, was he, was he happy to hear from you? Oh yeah. 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 He, you know, we, uh, we hugged each other and, and said sorry. And, you know, and, uh, he is ecstatic to have, me back in in because he worried about me too after i got back because i was in such a bad spot mentally um and so he was really worried and tried to help you know as much as he could at the time um with everything and so for him to see where i'm at now uh, he's just a really proud papa you know yeah that, that's great um so uh what how did you how did you get involved with uh you were a marine right yeah yeah yeah. Um, my family, uh, long military history, grandpas, uncles, aunts. And, uh, you know, I was playing football in, in, in high school. Did I ever tell you about the time I told Alan about the high school football stories? He's an NFL player and he did, I didn't know he was in the NFL. So I was on the Island reliving the high school glory days <laughs> with this guy who plays NFL football. And I had no clue. I was like, yeah, you know, 50 yard line. That was funny. That's and, great. Like, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to go that route and that didn't pan out. And so I was 20 years old, not doing anything with life. And, uh, the Marine Corps commercial came on the TV where the guy with the sword is fighting the dragon. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, uh, guess that's a sign <laughs> time, time to go fight some dragons. Like just probably go sign up for the Marine Corps. And, and, you know, nine 11 had happened and, and, everything like that. And so, um, I did, I went down to the recruiter office the next day and I was like, yeah, what do I need to do? And then within a month, um, I was standing on the yellow footprints at at MCRD in in San Diego. Wow. Was this kind of like a, like a normalized thing for you because you, your family had been all been in it. Like, uh, that it just felt like, yeah, like, yeah, this is just something that people do. Um, it was something I wanted to do for myself. Right. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I, I had, I wasn't planning on going to college. I was working at, at a tire shop, you know, busting tires for nine bucks an hour. And I was like, this is not, this is not what I want in life, you know? And, and what do I want in life? And, and, uh, it was like 
you go to the recruiter office and they're like, yeah, you get to go travel and see the world. And I'm like, do I get to like ride bulls and, and do that? And they're like, yeah. Oh, the pay is great. Medical. I'm like, I don't care about medical. It's fine. Whatever. Like talk about it. Like, so, you know, they sell you on all this stuff and, and I scored pretty high on my ASVAB. And so I, I was able to like, I could have done any job I wanted to do, but I wanted to, you know, go be a grunt, you know, and, 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 uh, do all the cool shit you see on commercials and I was able to do it. And that's, what's crazy. And, and so it was, uh, it was a whim of a choice, but I needed it for myself as far as a direction in life. Right. Yeah. Did you, did your, uh, did your parents, either of them have any reservations about it or did they encourage it? Um, my mom and they were both very, um, they were happy and proud. Like he's making his choice. At least he's doing something you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, but at the same time with what was going on in the world at that point, it was a very like sketchy situation. And I, young, dumb kid was wanting to go and do all this stuff. And my parents of course were very reserved and, but they let me go and, and, you know, spread my wings, I guess, and then be a, you know, like a peacock. Right. And, and go, go fly, go fly and, and do what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. So, uh, so t- tell me like, what, what is it? What is the experience? Like you, you went to the recruiter's office, you took, uh, like a test, like what, how, how do yeah. you, like, what, what is the process? So the process is you go to the recruiter's office, you're like, Hey, I want to do this. And they're like, okay. Um, and back then they were pretty much taking anyone. So it was like, a. uh, you had surgery on your thumb or your knee. Well, not really. Okay. You know? And so they were just pushing people through at that point. Um, and I was like, I scored high and I was like, I would want to be a grunt. And they're like, okay, perfect. We need a lot of those. And so they, they checked that off. And then, um, you know, I went to boot camp and, and you're thrown in and the drill instructors come and there was like, that's when they were still able to be like drill instructors to, to, to the Marines. And, and so they get up in your face and yell and, and, um, you know, I, I graduated boot camp, uh, company honorman. That's there's one Marine, you know, new recruit Marine that gets that. went to school, uh, tested high in school, got selected to be like an assault man. Right. And work with C4 and, and shoot rockets and, uh, <laughs> do all that fun stuff blowing shit up, you know? And I got company honorman out of that. And so I loved the Marine Corps at that time of, of what, like I was a good, your poster Marine or whatever, and went to a boat company, uh, where you ride the little boats around in the ocean and, and do all the fun stuff, climb cliffs and, and attack a fake target, uh, on, on San Diego. And, you know, did a lot of fun training. And then you go, um, to, you know, it's time for your deployment and you're, you know, at the time you kind of know where you're headed, you know, but we shipped off to Okinawa and that was fun. Um, because we're training for, for the desert in a jungle, Right. And everyone's like, God damn it. What the hell are we doing here? It's wet, cold. We know where we're going. Quit messing around, you know? So yeah, yeah. but within, within a year I was entering from boot camp to, uh, being over in Iraq within a year. Wow. How, how, like how much of a normal life do you lead while you're in training? Does it like just consume everything? Um, I never went to college, but, or I, I'd imagine it's like a frat party but you, there's a lot of people yelling at you and you're shooting guns and blowing shit up and then drinking whenever you get a chance. <laughs> right. Like there's a lot of training. There's a lot of training. And when libo comes, when, when you get a weekend off, it's, you know, you're with a bunch of buddies from all around the, the, the nation, 
and everyone's missing home or, or worried about girlfriends cheating on them, you know. So you go out, you go out and get stupid tattoos and, and drink a bunch and 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 <laughs> act a fool, you know. You're 20, 21 years old, you know, 19 year old kids away for the first time. It's it's a pretty good time. Yeah. So were you aware, uh, like right from the get go that you would be deployed and like, uh, like, were you preparing for that? Were you dreading it? Yeah, no, I was ready to go. You know, like I was, I was ready to go and do, and do, do what, you know, I, I wanted to go to war at, at, at 20 years old. I wanted to go to war. I didn't know what war was. I, you know, I'd never been shot at nothing, but I wanted to be able to do like the cool shit that came with it, you know, and at, like blowing, like working with C4 and shooting rockets at tanks. Like that's fun when that's your job, you know, when in all reality, what your job is, is, is training to go to war. Right. And war is mm-hmm. such a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a shitty thing. It's a, it's a scary thing. It's an intense thing. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it can be fun, but it's a real thing and, and you're dealing with lives. And, and so you don't really experience, you know, that's what you're training for. But once you get in there, like that's when it's like, oh, wow. OK, this is real. You know? Yeah. Is is there like a level of uh, sort of like like you kind of try not to think about the the scary things beforehand and like you're just pumped up about the exciting things like is that is that sort of like the general atmosphere or is it genuinely just like you it it hits you unexpectedly oh no like the first uh i remember we were in country for probably like a day or two and nothing had happened and, and then we went out on our first patrol um and some rockets came in you know and they were they were way off and it was like are they shooting at us you know but it, that fear and that excitement of, oh, wow, like, because it, it was like for me and, and a lot of guys, maybe it was like, dude, someone's trying to kill us. Like, what the fuck? You know, like they're way off right now. But OK. All right. Like someone like that's that was the first instance of like, oh, but it was exciting. You know, let's go find them. And, and, and yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's exciting up to a point. Right. And And whatever that point is for for certain people um that's when it becomes real and then it's just like trying to get everyone home safe right you just like fuck worried about the guy next to you and 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 you're just trying to make sure everyone's (laughs) getting home yeah how how long was it before it like really became real for you um it wasn't until uh i lost my buddy blake and um held him on a rooftop him and i were up on a rooftop and and had a pretty good day of, of work. Right. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he got, he got him and I were, were up there and he got hit and I was able to, you know, hold him and, and, and he, you know, passed in my arms. And so that's, that's what was, uh, like my real moment of like, ah, dude, it was rough. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so you start thinking about other things that, you know, I, for me, I was, I got, very angry at that point like just angry with myself angry with the world definitely angry at you know the enemy or whatever you know but that's a whole nother topic but it's like there's just as a as a 21 year year old kid i remember having some like very bad anger and and rage issues you know it was pretty rough it was pretty rough 
Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. What did did you like? Did you regret the decision to to go at that point? No, no, because you, you can't. That's the thing with like decisions. I, I I do not regret anything I've ever done in my life because whether it was right or wrong, that's the choice I made, mm-hmm. and that's the choice you, you know you have to live with. And and um, yeah, we we have regrets, but fuck it, we can't change it, you know. So yeah. I, I I am who I am today because I went and, and did that stuff and chose to do that stuff. And, you know, I, I'm a, uh, a, a better man now for being able to, to, um, come out on the other side mentally and, and go through, you know, the problems that people go through, but not end it with a bullet or, or a bottle. And, and I have my family and my two kids and a dog, you know, and so life's, life's really good. And it's all about, the choices you make throughout your entire life, um, that's going to affect you later on. And, and whether good or bad, you still have to own it and, and live with it and come out on the other side stronger, smarter. Yeah. How, how long were you out there for? Um, it, where? Over in Iraq? Yeah. So we were over, so there's the first, it was about five months, six months, I think. It was over, like, it, when certain cities, like, Fallujah, right? You know, Fallujah, Ramadi, mm-hmm. all you've heard about all that, that fun stuff. So before all those cities were actually like the, the Fallujah, Ramadi is what they, we know we were in all those doing all the probing and all that, that stuff. And so it was a very, as a Marine, like we put some work in, right? You know, it was, it was, it was our job to, to do that. And it was just a rough spot. It was like a wild west, you know, everyone you'd roll through town and, and, and the shops and, and the streets and the little market area, you know, that, that'd be all closed down and no one would be out. It'd be 12 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, you know, and you're like rolling through a town and just waiting for it, you know, and sometimes, sometimes it came and sometimes it did it, but you know, it's, it's just like the, the experience itself looking back is like, wow, wow. Like what a trip, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff that, that, that happened is like, man, that's crazy. But, you know, I've done a lot cooler shit, you know, too, <laughs> since then. Like I've rode bowls. I've, I've rode four wheelers across rivers that said no one, you know, skipped them across the tops. And I have two kids now and I'm a dad and yeah, you know, it's, I went on survivor and, and, and freaking won it, you yeah. know, like from sitting on the couch and just being like, yeah, I could do that, you know? So life's, life's good, but life's what you make of it. And you got to go out and, and, and experience stuff and, and fail, right. To, mm-hmm. to, to learn from it and have fun. Do you, do you feel like, uh, like, like, do you feel like people have a, a good understanding of what it's like to be out there? Or do you feel like it's just, it's impossible to describe? Um, I think like the movies taint people's expression. I mean, I don't know. It's hard. I guess I can't, I don't know what other people think, you know, and, and, and until you're, until you're out there, it's, there's nothing like it. Like there's no adrenaline and there's no like fear, but you get to the point where like you get so customized to it, I guess, you know, accustomed to it where it's, like you laugh about it, you know, like a sniper around, you know, coming through a window and hitting a foot away from, from you and your buddy. And 
you just fucking laugh about it, light up a cigarette and, you know, move over <laughs> an extra couple feet, you know, like try to see where he's coming from. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It, yeah. I mean, it must be surreal. So uh, tell, tell me about, uh, like, uh, like coming back, uh, from, from the deployment. Uh, what was that like? Uh, coming back. I remember I wanted to, first thing I wanted to do when I got back, was rub my bare feet, like freshly clean bare feet through some carpet, like the very thick carpet, you know, the big, like nice cushion padding underneath and just kind of scrunch my toes in the carpet. That was the first thing I wanted to do. And, uh, when I got back and, and so I, I, I did that and, you know, lots of, lots of booze, actually you're, you're back, you made it. Everyone's happy. Like, yeah, whatever you, you try to mask a lot of this stuff. Yours, you're on cloud nine in a way, but you, you mask a lot of it with alcohol. Right. And, and, and you're, everyone's, you know, happy and, and impressed and proud and, and everything like that. And so you kind of put a mask on to, to get through all that, you know, and, and push everything else to the side. Yeah. Cause like, is like your mind is preoccupied with what you experienced, but now you're back in a place where like nobody knows or understands it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how can you talk to, how can I talk to my mom about watching uh, a puppy uh, chew on a dead guy, you know, for, for two weeks? Like how, how can you be like, yeah, mom, no, it was good. Uh, and saw that, right? Like you can't talk to people about that. You can't, you, you know, talk to that about, I don't know. You just, you, there's no one you can talk to. Yeah. Is it, is it, so is it hard to like, do you feel like you, you needed to talk to somebody about it? Oh no, no. You just push it down. You, you swallow it and you push it down and, and it, you went and did what you did and saw what you saw and, and it's done and over with. And so you, you just like, you throw it down and you, you try to be like, no, it's cool. It's normal. Like that's, that happens. You know, it's just, it is what it is, you know? And so then you start having dreams and, and you start thinking about it and um, second guessing situations, right? Like for myself, it was what I had, they call like a survivor guilt, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and, and so that I battled with that for a long time because Blake, Blake was a, you know, I was, I joined the Marine Corps to get out from drinking and shit, right? And Blake wanted to go to college and become a professor of history and dude was smart and uh, really good at his job. And so I was like, God, you know, what a, what a wasted life, you know, like if it was me, it's what one less drunk kid on the streets, you know, and Blake could have went on and taught shit. So I like, it was hard survivor guilt, you know, and, and that's, it is what it is though. <laughs> There's nothing you are here and he's not, and you can mourn him and, and, and you know, drink your shots of Jaeger and, and smoke your lucky cigarettes on his anniversary. But don't drag your life down because, like, that's not what he would have wanted, you know. Yeah. How how long did it take to, uh, to sort of come to terms with that? Um, I still battle with it sometimes, right? Yeah. Like, now I have my wife and my kids, and and so I'm living and and working, and just want to give them the best life they could possibly have. Internally, like, you know, seeing, you know, especially around his day, it's like. I miss him. I don't wish this, the, I just feel bad for his mom and his family. You know what I mean? Cause I look at my family now and I can't imagine losing my son, 
to to that. And so I think about his mom, and I stay in contact with her and, and you know his sister and all that. So it's just a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. You uh you you talked on the show uh, about how like your wife like saved your life. Uh, like, can you tell me more about that? Mm. Yeah, I was living at a bar. I uh, was a like was uh managing a bar and and um you know working to be part owners with it and i slept in my office uh i'd close the bar down and and go pull a cot out in my office and i was gonna hire her um and it was right at the ending of our uh my my i ended up selling out of the business and i took her out to dinner instead and and you know i don't know what would have happened after I closed the bar down, if I had not met her, you know, I was drinking a bottle of Jameson every two days and, and living in a bar. And so took her out to dinner at Olive Garden and, uh, shot a straw at her face and, and then she fell in love with me. So, <laughs> uh, did, did, did like, was it, was this like, this was like a turning point in, in your life? Like how, like how did that come about? Oh no, no, no. She had some work to do. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't, <laughs> I did not just like on a dime stop doing what I was doing. You know, I, I was, um, just, I was still going to ride bulls. Um, still out. I think I started laying concrete again and, and partying and drinking. I remember, uh, I, I came home one night and, um, there was a fight at the bar and I got hit and she was like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this shit. Like you, you are, this is not how you are going to conduct yourself. You're better than that. You're smarter than that. You're not a damn drunk. And, and so that was like the turning point when I was like, Oh my God, she cares about me, you know? And, and, and she's going to put up with my bullshit. Like, this is awesome. And, <laughs> and she, she hasn't stopped since, you know? Yeah. There you go. Uh, tell me about the about riding bulls. Is this like uh, when, when did this start? Um, this started for adrenaline, right? Like you get so after going through all that stuff and and everything, the adrenaline that you get and that the endorphins you get from that is unreal, right? It's ex- like so you start searching for that. You start searching for for that like that experience, you know. And so I was like. Fuck, I'll try riding bulls. And, and so I was up at a rodeo in, in Riggins, Idaho, and uh, had a friend uh, who was working with the, the cattle contractor. And I was like, can I get on a bull this weekend? He's like, yeah, sure, if you want to. And so I hopped on a bull and rode him for half the time and, and shattered my wrist and <laughs> broke my wrist. And, and, uh, Growing up as kids, like we'd break break horses and and ride ride cattle and and stuff like that. But yeah, I just really really wanted to to scare myself, and so <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. So, how long were you doing that for? Um, I did it for like four months. You know, it's just we not even that. Yeah, no, it was about four months because then Kelly found out she was pregnant. And I had a rodeo on my birthday, January 1st. And she was like, yeah, I know you are. And we'd known each other for three months at this point. And uh, she's like, yeah, we have a baby coming and you're not riding bulls anymore. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm all right. <laughs> like, so I was, you know, I was scared, you know, if I've known her for three months and she's pregnant and everything. Mm. And so, um, once we had Wyatt, I, I bought a race car instead of riding bulls. Cause 
I was like, well, I got to do something, honey. I mean, there's a roll cage. You're in a fire suit. Like, it's safe. It's safer than riding bulls. And, and so now she's she's kind of let me do this. <laughs> she, she just it's – it's so fun, and there's a lot of passion, but it's a very expensive sport, and she knows that. And so she's like, ah, not again, not again. Yeah. But I, I bought another race car, yeah. Oh my! Uh, what is it? What is it like finding out uh, that your your girlfriend is pregnant after three months? <laughs> uh, really weird, really weird. Because um, we had a conversation when we had first like, yeah, it was really weird. We had we had a conversation um, about some one of her friends um, was with someone for a while, and she got pregnant. And they ended up having an abortion, right? And, and so I remember having a conversation with her earlier on um, about like how both of us, like I don't know, you know, like I'm not if the, abortions are good in certain cases, but me personally, like I never, I was never okay with doing that, you know. And, and I remember having that conversation with her, and then so when she told, when she finally, she was so scared to tell me. When she finally told me, um, it was like a. a uh, a switch had just switched for me and I was like you're gonna be a dad you know and um it, it was scary but it was exciting it was another new like chapter to to start so I knew I, I knew she was she was gonna be a good mom when when uh you know the abortion was never even on the table yeah so, what did you uh what did you do to prepare for that other than stop riding bulls um nothing about as much about as much as I prepared to go on survivor. Right. Like I ran a mile the day before I flew out and was told Kelly, I was like, God, I should have done that. I should do this a lot more. And she's like, yeah, you're kind of out of time, bud. I was like, yeah, I know. And so preparing to be a dad, you can't prepare to be a dad. You know, um, I'm still learning why it's, you know, six years old and, and, I'm still learning how to be a dad. And for me, I'm a jump in all both feet and just make it happen kind of guy. And and that's how I've gotten through life and I've failed, but, um, I, you know, you, you fix it and, and, and learn from it. But yeah, I'm on all, I was ready. I was ready. It was a time in my life when, um, I was ready for the responsibility and, and needed it for, um, just like my soul. Yeah. What was, uh, what was it like, uh, when the, when the baby was born? Um, queen, we are the champions was playing as why it came out of Kelly. Yes. I, I remember that. Story. <laughs> yes. Now, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that is how, why it was, was brought into this world. You know, we, as Dreebergans, we are a, a small bunch. You, you know, us, uh, you like us or you hate us, <laughs> but, but we, you know, we're, we're, we like to think we're, we're champions. And so it's, it's good. Now, there's a place in the Netherlands. It's like called Dreberg and Rhine, right. Or there's a little township or something there. So I like to, I like to think that I'm royalty and I just haven't <laughs> gone back to, to my homeland yet, but someday, Someday they'll I'll go back and they'll have a throne for me, so, right? Yeah, some sort of statue. <laughs> I mean, my last name is Dreamergan, so this got to be my town. That's how it works, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Where yeah. <laughs> um, you? Uh, well, like, what? You now have a baby. Uh, like, how, how did this chain? 
change your day-to-day life? Um, I, you know, I, I, I got a, out of the construction kind of, and got into insurance, right? Like you start thinking about insurance for your kids and, and, and doctor's appointments and how much that is going to cost. And so, you know, we, I had to find a job with good insurance and I was able to do that, but that's things that you don't think about. Like as, as, uh, you know, a bachelor, you know, at 25, 26 years old, I could have cared less about insurance and stuff, but you have a baby coming. You're like, Oh my gosh, we got to get insurance. And, and, and then baby proof in the house. And yeah, there's like, it's just changing, changing roles. Right. I think, I think as humans, we're adaptable in any situations. If you let yourself and, and you can prevail, if you like think about winning or, or like, if you think you're going to do something, the odds are so much better of you being able to do it successfully than be going into something and be like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I can do this. And so it was, it was scary to have it happen, to not have it happen, but to know that you were going to be responsible for someone, but preparing for it and, and it changing your life is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, you know, next to, next to, you know, marrying Kelly and and then having, having Gracie, my second kid, they're all of them are like, gives you something, gives me something to live for. You know, it gives me something to work for. And, and, uh, very, I'm a very stubborn man. And with them, I, I just can't give them enough, you know, because they, uh, fill my heart with, with joy and love. And, and I just want to be able to, uh, to spoil the shit out of them, to be quite frank with you. (laughs) (laughs) What was, uh, what was like the first big moment of, of like, uh, like this is, this is my son. Like, uh, what, or was there a, a big moment like that? Um, the big moment was when I asked Kelly to, to marry me and he was a part of it. He helped me with it and he was only like six months old. Right. Um, not even that. No, he was like two months. He was November. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, no, he was a month old and I went and bought a ring for Kelly. Um, and without her knowing, and then I took a little, it was Christmas morning. I took a little ribbon and wrapped it around his neck, you know, loosely. It was a little red ribbon and tied the ring to it. And, um, I was in changing him. Kelly was sitting on the couch and I was like, he had to poop or he pooped. And so I was like, Oh no, I'll go change him. And I, cause I hid the ring in the room. And so I, I went in there, changed him real quick and, and then, and then did it and sw- swaddled them all up and went and, uh, gave them to her and then kind of sat on, on, on the floor, you know, on the knee. And she's, she's like holding them and stuff. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, Oh, what is this around his neck? And then, so she starts like pulling, pulling on it. And, uh, as she pulled it up out of the the blanket, his hand was wrapped around it. And Mm -hmm. so she still didn't know. And when she opened his hand, the ring was there. And I was like, dude, you had my back. Like, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like he had my back on that and he made it even extra special because I never put his hand or anything, but it was like, wow, I have a son and and like, we're going to be buddies. We're going to be partners and, and stuff. And so, yeah, it was about a month. Uh, he was a month old. Yeah, he, uh, he proposed for his father. <laughs> he, he did. He did. Yeah. 
Dude, trailers, trailers, and 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 double Christmases, dude. You can't take it out, <laughs> yeah. right? Here, son, question mother should marry me, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so then uh, your your second, uh, how old is she? She's four. She just turned four. Uh, little Miss Gracie. She's four, going on about uh, twenty-two. So. <laughs> So that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. She's like one of the like way too precocious children on television or something. I don't know. How, how does a four-year-old know how to put their hand on their hip and be sassy, right? Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do that to Kelly all the time, but it's only when the kids are sleeping, you know? So she's not learning it from me. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, YouTube. You, no, hell no. We don't let them do that. They're ah, four and six. Yeah, you know, they're into education and reading and, and and stuff like that. So we try to keep their faces out of out of the screens as much as possible. Yeah, is that is that like like your general parenting philosophy? You try to uh, keep uh, keep social media away. <laughs> well, I mean, back in my day, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those guys now. I never thought I would be a back in my day guy. <laughs> Damn it. I'm I'm a dad, right? I got a dad bod, and uh, I, I tell lots of bad dad jokes. To, I'm, I'm, you know, like jumping both feet. Oh, yeah. I'm a dad now. <laughs> so, uh, are you are you very involved in in like social media? Um, yeah, I'd never had social media before the Survivor deal. Um, you know, I I went. I didn't even have a phone for a while. I traveled a lot around the country um, in Wyoming, North Dakota, Alaska, you know, California, Arizona. And I never carried a phone with me for quite some time. And then I think my mom got sick of it. And she's like, just here, get, here's a phone. It was, not that I couldn't afford one. I just didn't want one, you know? Mm -hmm. And so never got into the social media. I had a MySpace uh, way back in the day that someone from the bar, when I first started the bar industry, started out for me, but that was it. And so, I got the the Facebook and the and the the Twitter's fun. I like Joe on Twitter. He he uh, he pretty much is the reason why I go on to Twitter, right? Just to see what's going on. Like ah, Joe, perfect, got it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and then Instagram, I I don't know. I like Instagram a little bit. Seen, you know, they're, they're, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I do it. Yeah. I do it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what prompted you to uh, to go on Survivor? Um, my wife talking shit, basically. <laughs> She's yeah. like, "Well, if you think if you can do it, like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, you know, you <laughs> you can go out there and find idols and, and and look in places that no one else can. Go out and like, let's see you go out and do it. You know, make a video. And and so she encouraged me." to make a video and uh yeah and i made a video and the rest is history yeah <laughs> well, were, were, were there any like hesitations going on the show no no hesitations i was hesitant i was very hesitant to let people know that i was a marine and uh that was blown up in my face in yeah. 30 seconds so <laughs> yeah uh you know it's uh when you're labeled a hero it's <laughs> yeah yeah you in the cowboy hat why would you be considered a hero ah shit yeah it, it's 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 like the brain tribes of the uh brains brown beauty it's like uh really i have to be this one 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't I be the dad? Like, if Chrissy was a mom, why can't I be the dad? Like, I'm just a hero because I'm a dad. Yeah, covered in, in tattoos. That looks like he was in the Marine Corps. <laughs> do you think you do you think you could have hidden it if uh, if it wasn't blown up? No, I think a couple of them called it from the get go in the pregame. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think a couple of them kind of had it dialed in. I know Mike was after me from from casting. Yep. That guy, that guy in the cowboy hat. He's the most dangerous player. <laughs> he, he has a, a ferocity that transcends the game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you feel like uh, like like being on Survivor now having won, uh, has it like, it like sort of introduced you to a, a broader social media kind of world or maybe even not just social media, but like the Survivor community. Uh, you've obviously been like traveling around. We, uh, we met in Reno. Uh, yeah. like what, what has that all been like? The, so I never knew the Survivor community was as big and as open armed, um, as, as it is. And, and that being a part of first and foremost is awesome. And, that's us like it's a special group we all have right we 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 um, love survivor we like watching and talking about it and so the community is is amazing um even the haters you know at least they're still watching you know so uh that being said the social media has given me opportunities to be able to um go to events and 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 speak um about you know ptsd and stuff like that i got an event coming up this week and it's a ride for 22 uh, 22 vets, you know, on average kill himself a month. And, and so this is a, a fun motorcycle thing. They, uh, raise awareness, uh, fundraiser and, uh, and a lot of the money goes to help, uh, some families in this town. And so it's a, it's a honor to be able to go and speak at that this weekend. And, and that's through social media and stuff. And so I'm, I'm happy to be able to, to now, you know, have this platform to, to be able to bring awareness. And if, you know, it's, helps one veteran from from uh you know the the grave then it's it, everything's all worth it yeah i uh that that uh segment on survivor where you talked about uh your ptsd i thought was just uh i was i was really you know uh happy to see that on survivor because i don't think we it's not something we'd ever really seen before on the show um and uh it's obviously a big part we've had uh you know we've had people from the military before but uh you know nothing nothing like that went that deep i think um and uh it's obviously a, a very important thing to talk about um is it is it something that you still deal with um yeah you, like that's the this the reaction to a loud noise or anything like that, you know, um, that's unexpected is engraved now in, in myself and, and uh, probably quite a few people that, you know, come back from combat because once you hear that crack, that snap or, or a gunshot, like your first instant is to, you know, get down and, and take cover and then see where it's coming from. Right. And you don't have a gun to be able to return fire. And so, that's a very shitty situation when that's engraved in your head and you're not there. So for instance, like on the beach, when the, when the bamboo popped, it was like, it's just a reaction, you know? And then, but then like people are laughing and they're embarrassed because I maybe said a couple few, or I'm embarrassed because I said a couple few choice words and, and people are laughing because it's funny. And from the outside looking in, yeah, like it probably would be funny. And, and then in, internal, 
it's not funny. And so you're trying to balance like not getting mad at everyone and not like, I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's just something you just got to deal with now, you know? Yeah. Well, like it's also like, like I imagine your body must like flood with adrenaline too. So it doesn't exactly put you in a, a position to react to people laughing at you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like that's not, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, you know? And, and they're not, I didn't talk to them about like what I did and, and, you know, they just knew I was a Marine. I didn't, they didn't know, you know, like with Joe, do, you know, doing the whole Joe, swearing on the Marine, that was Joe playing the game and, and he was taking a shot and he wanted to, you know, get me riled up and he did. And, and I don't hold that against Joe at all, at all. But that's because I didn't talk about like, the what the marine corps actually is out there you know and so no one knew while i was why i was you know cussing and and, and you know walking around when after the bamboo you know went off because they didn't know about it it's not like i'm gonna go out there and tell people about it you know and now 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 the whole spy community knows right <laughs> <laughs> how often do you, does that like happen in your in your everyday life um, whenever there's a loud sound, whenever. So just depends if someone's out back, you know, building a fence and slams a couple two by fours together. If I, you know, I don't know if if the 4th of July is, I hate it. Like that's, Mm. I hate, I hate the 4th. I love the 4th. Um, but like once you get used to it, it's fine. It's like the days leading up to the 4th. If you know what's coming, it's not bad, right? You can prepare yourself mentally. You can do what you got to do. And you can fucking do it, right? It's like the days before and after the 4th when no one's supposed to be lighting fireworks off and it's fucking 9 o'clock at night and you're out on the back porch having, you know, a glass of wine and then a mortar goes off two houses down, you know, and you're like, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> is is there anything that you do to try and deal with it? Uh, breasts, just like breasts and just know that that's a reaction there's like there's nothing you can do to change that and just i you know i take a moment for my my brain and 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 then you just come back and i you're like yeah i'm good (laughs) and it probably looks really weird to everyone else you know Mm -hmm. but you just you just got to come back and be over it and be done with it and then get get going and so i've gotten better at it you know but it's still that initial like anger you know yeah what kind of what kind of stuff do you talk about at um at the like the the talks that you give well you know my like battle with um you know ptsd and and suicide and depression you know there was um two nights when after after i first got home um that i had swallowed a barrel when i was really drunk and, and really really mad i did it one night and um was kind of just like not was thinking about it, but it wasn't going to happen. But the next night I, I got the very next night I got really drunk. And, and I remember sitting in front of a mirror with a rifle barrel in my mouth, ready to go. And then just thinking about like what my mom would have looked at me like and how, you know, and I couldn't do that to her. And so being able to talk to, talk to these people, um, veterans and everyone and, you know, just show them like, dude, I've been there, right? Like I've been in your shoes. I've, I've, I've done all the stuff, you know, and I'm still, I'm still learning and trying to deal with it, but you can think positive and, 
and be confident in, in who you are and what you've done and have a good life and be a good parent and be a good friend because that's, you know, dealing with, with, with veterans and stuff with this, there's a lot of stubbornness. And so trying to have a wife be like, no, I'm here for you. I, I want to talk to you. I want to, you know, and, but her not knowing what's, what it's like, it's hard. And so that's why a lot of families get broken up. And so then they go down, like, I just push something really good away, you know, drinking. And so it's, it's a, it's a cycle that I, I hope to bring awareness to be able to break that, you know, and, and, and have, stop, stop losing all these good men and women that went and served our country right or wrong. They, they did serve our country. So. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned that, um, that coming back from being deployed, uh, you sort of had a, a different perspective on relationships, uh, and that caused you to like really reach out to your, your dad. Was there anything else that, that changed, uh, coming back? Um, well, I did get married in my truck at a drive through <laughs> wedding in Vegas to my first wife. So I probably wasn't thinking very clearly <laughs> oh, at that time. <laughs> Right. In my truck. How did that happen? <laughs> hey, tell you, you can't take the trailer. You can you take the boy on the trailer park. Can't take the trailer on the pole boy. Whatever. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was. You know. And and she was my first wife. Was amazing. She's an amazing woman. Um, at the time, I was very not ready to be a husband. And um, it was on a whim. We uh, met up in Vegas to just party for a weekend. And, um, then we decided that, uh, a drive through wedding with the, uh, best man and the bridesmaid in the back of the truck <laughs> was a good idea, you know? And so she, and she did, you know, she, she was, we were both not ready for that, but she did help me out in, in, in a, some ways too, you know, um, gave me enough shit to be distracted by, I think, uh, <laughs> And not worry about what ha just happened. <laughs> yeah. How, how long did that last? Uh, I think it lasted about a year, but we, we, we saw each other off and on for quite some time after that. Yeah. Um, because she, like I said, she, she did, she was, uh, uh, she's a very wonderful and nice woman. I will say that, but we just, we were not ready, <laughs> not ready. Yeah. What was the, like, did, did so you like had to get like divorced and go through? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, what, what is that process? <laughs> Ooh, uh, it involved, uh, a car door. I almost got ran over by a car, what? uh, hot coffee thrown in my face, uh, a broken coffee table over the head. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. And then paperwork that took forever to get signed for some reason. <laughs> Whoa. Why, why, why were you attacked so much? Um, I, I was probably an asshole and, and maybe said a couple things and, and pushed her buttons to the point where she felt she needed to, um, hit me with things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she, I guess she was a hitter. Is that what you call those? I, <laughs> no. I guess no. so. <laughs> no, it wasn't like I was in a, in a, I wasn't like, you know, crying in the shower every night. I, it's not like I was abused or she didn't abuse me, but you know, I would, I would push her again. I was an angry person. Um, and I would, I would probably push her and say things to her, um, that, you know, you probably shouldn't say to someone you just married in your truck. Um, mm. so no, I don't know. You know, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And, and 
like I said, it probably, it probably helped me out more than I know too. Yeah. Um, was it like uh like a like a, a mutual decision to 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 like end things or uh like <laughs> i mean i uh it was it was so after the divorce okay so the divorce it took a while to get to the divorce she didn't want to sign the papers but we also saw each other off and on for quite for i mean a couple years and so it would go like one 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 way or the other. One time she'd be fed up with my stuff, and, and one the other time I'd be fed up with hers. And then it was just like, yeah, this is not going to work ever. <laughs> like we got to that point where it's like, yeah, I mean you're cool, and I, I care for you, and thanks for everything you've done, but this is just not happening, you know. And so that's that's we were just able to to split split tail, and 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 you know she's she's doing her stuff and and i got a beautiful wife and and two kids and so it's probably made me a better husband right you gotta you gotta (laughs) you gotta fail before you you know you know and so yeah yeah. no yeah you gotta get your heart drug through the dirt you gotta (laughs) you know you gotta you gotta marry women in in a truck uh you know it's a necessary step everyone has to do it every yeah i mean that's that worked for me right like yeah. <laughs> i came out on the other side looking 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 pretty well Should i don't know about a, pretty a, a love love advice book <laughs> yeah yeah i think me and dr mike can get together right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah see so you, uh, you can cover you 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 tack it from both sides yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> What is, it, what is it? What has it been? Uh, have you, do you have any interesting Dr. Mike stories? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, he FaceTimed me while he was peeing once. I thought that was pretty weird. I was like, dude, like you could have, you could have waited. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he, like he called you as he was going to the mm-hmm. bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Like I uh, got a, you know, buzz on my phone. I'm like, Oh, cool. FaceTime from doctor. I got, I got dog Z. I got dog Z on, on my phone. So I got dog Z. And I answer it, and he's sitting there. He's like, "Hold on, I'm peeing." I'm like, what? "Hold on, you, you, you freaking Facetimed me, bud." Oh my! I'm sorry. I'm sorry for answering your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Was it an accident or did like? No, uh... no. We talked for quite some time after that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. He's amazing. He is an amazing man. <laughs> So see, this is this is what I mean. Uh, you, you know, you go on Survivor, your your whole world opens. You're talking to to love doctors as they pee. Yeah, dude, people will probably pay good money for that, right? <laughs> Should I try it? Should I do that? Should I just go on Instagram Live and be like, hey? No, no. Okay, that's a bad idea. I feel like that's Kelly, a whole, Kelly, whole different kind of content. I'm home alone. I'm home alone. She, her, and the kids left, so I could have quiet time. This is what happens. I get bad ideas. I need her. Come back, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, d- d- so I mean, you mentioned uh, like you know interacting with uh, like like haters. Uh, I- I'm always curious about like because um, like it's it's one thing when it's it's somebody who you know they've been involved in the community they're they're big they have a big online presence and then like they go on it on the show or something and then you know they're dealing with all these people online and it's like uh that's part of their identity is their identity online so like uh, they feel very attacked but then you know someone like you who didn't even have a social media presence at all beforehand like do you like how how do how do, uh how does how do the quote-unquote haters affect you <laughs> and and your life um let's just say if if 
if <laughs> if I was not married to Kelly, I my Twitter account and Instagram account probably would have been banned by now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like yeah, the thing is, is uh, you know, someone says something bad about you, right? Your first knee jerk reaction is like, what? And and especially if you're a couple beers deep, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> Your the your your reaction time gets quicker and the thought process gets slower and so I've I've like typed stuff out and I was like yeah and Kelly's like no don't just put it down <laughs> just put it down well, yes dear so yeah I mean I I don't I try not to respond to the haters too much at all actually um, the fun ones that are like you know I don't know I just if I, I'm a positive person and if if you want to talk trash about me that's fine that's your prerogative but. I just don't want to get involved in, in the negativity that comes with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, I think I've I found uh, the the best method is uh, just avoiding <laughs> avoiding it entirely. It's like the bully in a hallway at school, right? You're walking down the hall in school, and the, and the bully's walking, and you got like two seconds to turn right down the other hall. You're like, oh, I just gotta go. I don't want to. So just avoid it. Just yeah, avoid well, it. That's it, well, it's it's like it's like you know you know the hall where they'll be, so you have to like take the long route around so that you don't even see them. So you don't have to feel ashamed yeah. for running away. Exactly, exactly. But somehow he's still yelling from the other hall. Yeah. I'm gonna get you. I'm you always know he's you. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, especially especially it's like when like when you when you stumble across something and it's like uh, just like completely misrepresenting you you know yeah. like oh yeah you know like uh, like ben ben like if somebody was like oh ben hates this person and you're like what do you, wait what's <laughs> yeah. what since when <laughs> yeah i like how and a lot of the like the false facts from our season are such a huge topic too and it's like that's that's not how you guys are way hung up on all this you know and it's mm-hmm. just like just you know it is what it is let's just have fun yeah let's have fun you know yeah, you just uh, that's why it's you know, you just gotta you gotta be able to to block out the uh the bad seeds and uh, you know, have fun with the fun people. You know what's funny though? Is like Ryan. I love Ryan to death, right? And mm-hmm. and we were and Ryan and I were in a in a, a, a March Madness uh a thing with, with like Desi, Cole, Pat and, and Rourke and Allie and Jess, I think were the other ones in there. And I was getting my ass handed to me. And I texted Ryan. I was like, "If there's no fire making challenge at the end of this, I am screwed." <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, that is hilarious, but I wish it wasn't." <laughs> like, so, so we have we, you know, Ryan and I have a lot of fun. We're like, we can have fun with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. just attacking the attacking and, and stuff like that. That's it is what it is. It's a part of the game, and uh, yeah, I, I'm for me, I'm glad it happened, right? Like, I, I'm. It, it was nothing. CB, I am a redneck who grew up in a trailer in Boise, Idaho. CBS is not going to do anything to jeopardize them or Survivor and and the careers of so many people for uh, so me, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. I mean, I'm glad, I'm flattered that people think that uh, that that highly of me. Like that's cool, but that's not going to happen, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the the idea that they would risk everything to make sure that that you won, so that you'd be happy with them, and everyone would be happy. Uh, that doesn't doesn't seem logical to you. Like, yeah, if Ben doesn't win this, he's really going to go off on a limb, and I'm scared. So we should probably <laughs> make sure he wins this. Like, <laughs> well, cl- cl- clearly, uh, clearly, you threatened them, uh, and they were like, "Oh my god, we can't have this guy on our bad side." Right, and yeah, well, I'm a marine, right? I talked about it the whole time on the island so everyone knew my <laughs> capabilities <They're> like whoa <laughs> yeah survivor fans are, are we, like uh like i i deal a lot with big brother stuff uh obviously um but like it, it's it's strange with survivor because we know so little about what actually happens on survivor especially in comparison to big brother where we have the live feeds running most of the time uh and yet, there is so much certainty that people talk about with Survivor. <laughs> I know. This is crazy to me. I know. I know. I, and, yeah, it's – well, they have to fill in the gaps. That's the thing with where Big Brother, you you know, if you want to, there's – you can go and watch all day, every day. For Survivor, you know, it, it's three days condensed into 45 minutes, and you got to you got to try to fill in the gaps. And people have, you know, very creative and, and – uh, interesting theories on, on what happens, you know, behind the scenes. So uh, there, it's a lot of downtime, right? Like no yeah. one wants to see that shit. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like uh, you know, Big Brother Canada this season, uh, season six. Uh, if you're like way in the future and you're listening to this, um, the you know, I'm doing the the daily live feed updates, and then we're watching the episodes. And it's three episodes a week. It's not even just one episode a week. They have three episodes to to uh, to tell us what's what's happening. Um, and they like it's almost like a whole fictional storyline what what the edit for big brother canada is versus what's actually happening on the live feeds uh and it's like i mean that's that's like anybody that thinks they know for sure uh, about anything that happened on survivor (laughs) needs to watch big brother and understand how editing works (laughs) uh yeah well yeah so yeah but that would that would involve too much time uh, saying negative and hurtful things to a keyboard uh, <laughs> yeah. from from your room, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's too too busy uh, being angry at, at players for things. No, they don't want to know. They yeah. don't want to know. They don't want to invest the time. They already got it figured out. Um, are you, were you like when you were on the show? Were you thinking about like the the edit or how you were being portrayed at all? <laughs> no. No, I, I, I didn't even know what a podcast was or <laughs> uh, like Josh Wiggler was the first thing, he, you know, first guy on an island with my with head, <laughs> like headphones and a big fuzzy mic. And he's like, yeah, this is a podcast. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And so an edit or no, I was out there just being me and and and. And having fun. I wasn't trying to, you know, church anything up, you know, uh, except for maybe a couple tribals. But like, I was out there having fun and being me. And seeing that, like, you know, it's it's, you know, maybe my social skills in some situations aren't as good as other people's. But you know, that's you you learn from it, right? Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty humbling to be watching yourself on TV going. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that was not that was not that was not good. <laughs> uh so ha, like uh you you won a bunch of money. Uh, how what what how has that changed? Has that changed your life? 
I did. I won a bunch of money, and then uh, Uncle Sam took took a bunch <laughs> away. So now I got uh, half of a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's still it's incredible, right? Like that's that's some money that myself and and my my family would have never. I mean, obtainable year out of year, like unless I won the lottery, right? And so being able to set money aside for like kids college, you know, that's, that's, if they want to go to school, they're going to be able to go to school. You know, um, they got to have the grades and everything. I'm not going to fund an 18 year old's bad habit, but if that's what they want to do, then, you know, I'm going to be able to, to do that for them and, and to give, you know, my wife, the security, uh, financial security that we need for our house and our children and, and food on the table and bills, you know, like that's mm-hmm. a good feeling, you know, not living paycheck to paycheck anymore. Have you like upgraded your lifestyle or are you just kind of oh, like, continuing no. along nope. the same way just with a uh, lots of backup? Yeah. 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 Lots of backup. Right. We still, uh, we both drive 2007 vehicles and don't plan on getting any new, you know, we, uh, I'm looking at the backside of my house and there's paint, uh, squares from four years ago that are still there. <laughs> like we're, we're not in no rush to spend it. We'd rather save it, you know? And so, we don't drive fancy car. I bought a race car. That was the only thing I bought. But yeah, no, 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 no Land Rovers or, or, or Maseratis for us. <laughs> What's uh, tell me about the race car? Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. We'll see what happens after the first race. But she's 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 ready to go. It's a circle track car. Um, it's got a Chevy motor. You know, uh, it's pushing about 520 horsepower in a and we're doing a quarter mile in a circle with about 20 cars on the track. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And this is the thing is, Taryn is I have yet to drive this car. So I'm going to get jump in full, both feet and just go out and tear it up, dude. Right? Like you just got to jump in and go. So is it the first time you're going to drive it? Like, like, are you going to race it? Yeah. 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 I'm going to try to get it out next week for a practice day. But uh, my first race is Saturday, um, not this Saturday, next Saturday. It's 100 laps. Oh, my. <laughs> 100 laps, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm having a, a special person come in and help me with a, a, my pit crew, though. You can say, like, a, 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 there's someone going to come and help me hustle. Yeah. I mean, 100 laps, that's a lot of practice. So uh, is, the, uh, is the racing thing, like, uh, like, a hobby thing, or is it something that you really are interested in uh, getting into? Oh no, it's, it's, it's a full blown hobby. If, if someone ever wanted me to drive their car for them and pay me, I would definitely do it, but I'm, I'm doing it for fun for myself, you know, for Mm -hmm. that adrenaline and that fear. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Is, uh, anything else, uh, you want to, you want to talk about before we wrap this up? No, I think we're good. I don't know. What about you? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I you know, it's, I I I thought we were uh, we were you know good, and then you mentioned uh, getting married in a truck, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on, I feel like you uh, you skipped out on me a little bit. Yeah, like I was holding out on you there, right? No, no, yeah. All right, maybe <laughs> I just forgot about it, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. My, there's a lot of things that have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's uh, interesting experience, I think, being on a podcast that's about your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's new. Like I said, a year ago, I just found out what a podcast was. And so it's fun <laughs> being able to talk to you and Rob and Josh and stuff. Like, it's a kick in the butt. Yeah. It's, uh, I, well, yeah, I mean, it's, 
uh, we'll, we'll do a segment right now, which is uh, we'll update people on your life for like doing this podcast. This is a, this is an experience, right? So we'll talk. <laughs> it's a very meta. Uh, yeah. So what 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 was your experience on the Taryn show? The uh, it was exciting. <laughs> um, I think I cried a little. Uh, I, I peed a little and <laughs> no, it was fun, man. Like it was a kick in the butt. Dude. Being able to talk to you. I know we met in Reno and, 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 you know, being able to come on it and just chit chat with you is, is a pleasure and an honor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I, I, I love, I love doing it. Uh, I, I love talking to you. Um, hopefully we, uh, we get another chance to hang out at some point. Well, we will, we will for sure. All right. Well, uh, great talking to you, Ben. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming on. All right, Taryn. Yeah, thank you for having me, and and yeah, have fun, buddy. All right, where can uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, not be haters on social media? <laughs> uh, I'm on I'm I'm on the Twitter and the Instagram uh, for like public stuff. My Facebook uh, I keep kind of private. Uh, you got the kiddos on there, and, and it, it, so uh, but yeah, uh, the Twitter and, and the Instagram. All right, uh, and it's uh, just just Ben Ben Drebergen, uh, or oh oh like a handle oh yeah. an at um yeah just look up Ben <laughs> I see. just look up Ben Drebergen <laughs> I see right here uh, Twitter is at Drebergen Ben there it is yeah you, yeah I, I I can appreciate that I'm an at Armstrong Taron there we go did someone already take yours too yes. Can you believe that? So annoying, right? Uh, Taryn yeah. Armstrong? That's a pretty weird name. Ben Drebergen's also a pretty weird name. Why are we getting stolen? Yeah. People, people. hey, they're just trying to ride our coattails, but <laughs> it's. I bet it's because I was also late to social media. So yeah. I feel like that's uh, that's the issue. The, yeah. the, the person that has my Twitter handle, they haven't tweeted any tweets, and their <laughs> bio just says baller. <laughs> dude that was probably you when you were young <laughs> that was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna do this this is gonna be awesome and now you're famous and you're like i can't do that anymore <laughs> i'm the bane of my own existence <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna look up uh at ben Drebergen. we're still i'm still finding messages from like a long time ago too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh like on twitter yeah, Twitter and and then uh, and the Instagram there, and yeah, then that, face, that to Facebook me. too. Yeah, Facebook yeah. is Facebook is the worst. Like every once in a while, I'll go on Facebook and be like, "Oh, wait a minute, there's a bunch of messages here." Uh, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Ben Ben Drebergen on Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, it's got the the name is some hearts, and it says Mike, and it's got your picture. Um, and then Morgan Willett from Big Brother Over the Top, uh, is their, uh, <laughs> background thing. their <laughs> um, uh, their tweets are protected and their bio says saved. Wow. Okay. So there you go. There you go. That's, yeah. That's, a lot. that's random. <laughs> they, they, they saved it. <laughs> not for you though. <laughs> no, not for me. Yeah. No. No, they didn't. Hold on. For, I, got, I got the Dreamer and Ben, so. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on. Of course, uh, if the listeners want to uh, listen, uh, subscribe to this podcast, they can do so on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Any, any place. Any place. Do I think. it. Do all, it. Probably subscribe. All the places. Yeah, do it. You need to subscribe. It's, it's necessary because. Yes. 
of reasons. Uh, you can <laughs> reasons also... that we don't know because we're not good with social media, but you yeah. need to do it. <laughs> uh, you can also uh, rate the podcast, give a review uh, on iTunes or uh, I guess other places probably have reviews. Um, <laughs> can... Inboxes, right? Don't yeah. we get reviews that way? Uh, you, can find, yeah, you, can send, you can send a review to uh, me at Armstrong Taren on Twitter. Uh, if it's a bad one, then I'm just going to ignore it. Oh, um, my gosh. We just opened ourselves up. <laughs> uh, and uh, robiswebsite.com. You can find us there as well and leave a comment. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I will see you Karen's next asking time. questions. Karen's finding out. Karen's looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Taryn Show, so you and me can know, it's the Taryn Show.